Balance is a feeling derived from being whole and complete. It's a sense of harmony. It is essential to maintaining quality in life and work. Joshua Osenga Bending Not Breaking Season 2, Episode 20 The Crossroads of Destiny And we're back. We are back. It's the final episode. The final episode. Is that where you're going for? Max, I thought you were going to join in. Not at this time. We rehearsed this, Max. We could do like a little barbershop court. We got to find a fourth. If you would like to be in our barbershop quartet... <laughs> <laughs> tweeted us at bnb underscore pod that's also our instagram or you can send us an email to the arc of e at gmail.com i'm into it all of those things work we are in our last episode and this is not a tuesday aren't barbershops closed uh so fun fact i so i was a part of a barbershop chorus and they sent out an email saying they are canceling events for like upwards of two years because singers are super spreaders and there's no way to sing with like in groups or competitions safely. And so they're likely like just going to not do it yeah. for like two years. I'm hopeful that's not true. I'm hopeful, but yeah. Singing brings so much joy to so many people, but yeah, your mouth is open and you are spitting and air is coming out frequently. And on that note, my name's Ben Pruitt. And I am Sunshine Mayfield. And we have with us our wonderful producer for this entirety of the season. I love that. Max Gongaware. Gonga who? Gonga what? Gonga where's Waldo? Waldo being his middle name. So, anyways, uh, it's, this is a Friday. It's not a Tuesday. What? It's a Friday. It's Friday? It's the Friday. I lost track of time. That so many Atla fans are excited about. I know. That's so good. Because today, if you haven't been to Netflix yet... There should be a little bit of a surprise for you of something that might be streaming starting today. And so that's why we wanted to do this episode today, our last episode of season two, because why not? Why not put this out on the day that Avatar The Last Airbender hits the Netflix streaming waves in the United States? I think it's been on Netflix and other places. It goes off and on elsewhere. Um, But it has not been on for our U.S. listeners, and that's why we're excited that that's happening today. Um, and so this is what a perfect time to like go tell your friends to watch the show and then listen to each episode along the way. Yeah. Shameless twice. plug. Download it Shameless. twice. Shameless. Honestly, just click it, download it, and you really don't even have to listen if you don't want to. I mean, I'd like you to listen. We would love for you to do that. Uh, we would also love for you to go follow us on Spotify and to rate and review on Apple Podcasts. I also wouldn't mind a little donation on Patreon. That, especially in this time of my unemployment, I would accept it. Yes, Ben is not an essential worker, Super but an unemployed. essential person. So please donate to patreon.com slash the arc of E. Let's talk about the crossroads of destiny, the final episode. And I got to tell you, I hate it. I hate it. It's good, right? Like it's not a bad episode. I think episode, it's really good. But I hate it. It's sad. Ugh. 
It's so tough. much work. It's so tough. Down the drain. I don't think it's down the drain. It is really tough to assume the best in some of these moments. I I just I disagree. I do my hardest. But oh, I hate Azula. Hate. Anyways, you do your hardest. <laughs> this episode has really wrecked my brain. I recently watched it to take notes and I'm still in a state of just yeah, I being, teared up. I am being overwhelmed. I'm not whelmed. I'm overwhelmed. Yeah, I teared up a bit. Oh, I've teared up like three times. But before we talk about this episode at all, we have to do Max's uninformed recap. The last one of the season. Max, are you ready for your ever. prompts? Yeah, potentially. We've still gotten zero feedback on this, so I have no idea whether or not listeners like it or Y'all. not. You have to speak up. It's fine. Tell right. us you hate it so I don't have to do it. Or or just on the opposite side of things, just even if you don't like it, just tell us you like it so Max has to keep doing it. Unless you really don't like it, because then that would be counterintuitive. Max, here are your prompts. The episode starts with Sokka and Aang flying back to Ba Sing Se to save Katara, and they see Toph on her way back to Ba Sing Se as well. She's doing like this little like earth skating thing. She's, like, bending the earth and, like, skating on it like it's ice. It's kind of cool. Anyways, number two. I'd say it's more like surfing. She's doing, like, the speed skating motion. You know what I mean? She's not, like, riding it back. Sledding? Skiing? I'd say, like, cross-country skiing. Cross-country skiing. Yeah, so skiing. Okay. The end of the episode, Azula tells Zuko that he has restored his honor and the Earth Kingdom falls. Your words, your key words and phrases are coup. Can you spell that? Yeah, C-O-U-P, like a coup d'etat. Two is ambush, generals, lightning, and dragon of the west. I like how you enunciated. Yes. Max, are you ready? Sure. I will pull up the clock. You have one minute. On your mark. Get set. Go. All right. Well, the episode begins with Sokka and Aang flying back to Ba Sing Se, where they see Toph doing some safe, some skate, skate surfing, skate cross cross country skiing, skating on some ice. He always takes like fifteen seconds to do the first <laughs> Just scene. The first thing. All right, continue. Yeah. Um, I'll give you that time back. And on that ice, uh, it's okay that Toph is skating across it um, because she's on her way to have a coup, uh, which is short for coup d'etat. Um, and as part of that coup, <laughs> uh, they ambush a bunch of generals. But good thing there's a lightning storm that keeps it from escalating any further. And anytime there's lightning, lightning, and of course, in this universe, um, is attractive to certain types of reptiles, particularly dragons of the West. Five seconds. And then um, they restore honor in Earth Kingdom Falls. That was well done, Max. I know. Ben, it's my turn, isn't it? It sure is. No. All right, give me 30 seconds. Okay. 
You should have started. Ah, uh, Sakanang fly back to Bossing Sei and seats off, and then Azula speaks to the Dai Li about a coup, and then Iroh has such joy about being the Earth King's personal guest, but then he gets ambushed, and him and uh, Suko have to fight their way out, and we see the Dragon of the West because he gets to breathe all over the Dai Li while they try to ambush him. And then there's a lot of fighting, but then Zuko, when faced with making the right decision on whether or not he goes with Uncle Iroh or Azula, he goes with Azula, and then everything happens and gets hit by lightning, and Katara saves him at the very end. But the Bossing Sei falls that was almost perfect i missed one or two things but i feel pretty good about it i'm in about your time not really you forgot to tell us is. what coup was short for it's short for coup d'etat i said that oh, okay thank you but they are trying to overthrow the government of bossing say azula and the Dai Li, which is like the secret service bossing say is a place <laughs> you're gonna have to actively avoid avatar on your netflix now when you go stream like is, are you not just gonna be somewhat curious to watch like an episode i'm gonna tell you something alex i will not be curious <laughs> you know you like the newsroom you like the west wing those are really well-written excellent shows right you they know don't what's have also a well-written excellent show the dragon prince the dragon prince avatar the last avatar airbender. the last airbender the west wing doesn't have a dragon that i'm aware of have you seen all of it? I haven't, but well, season I heard why. season seven really goes off the rails. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it becomes it turns out Sam Seaborn's been doing magic the whole time. Yeah, I love we him haven't in, seen I Sam Seaborn in, in a while. Seven. Oh, is that a thing? I so right now we're talking about Avatar: The oh, Last so Airbender. Good. I'll do a West Wing podcast with you guys. There's probably already one that exists. There's probably multiple. Anyway, oh, that would be a shame if somebody already started a West Wing podcast. Surely this is the only Lavatar Bender podcast in the world. Right? So, let's talk about this episode. Let's talk about balance because we end our seasons with balance. That's right. Because it's important. It's well, what the whole show is about. The show's about balance, right? How you need Twee and Law. How you need all the elements to come together to support each other. Well, the fact and that they're separated is an illusion. Is an illusion, right? right? Last episode. All of them blend together and should be perfectly mixed. Mm. And I just love that. they're not. We should just end it there. That was it. That's it. That's the podcast. Sweet. Max, go home. All right. No, no. Stay. We need you. So we'll talk about this because really, as I'm going through this, it's tough to find moments of balance, but it's because I feel like there are so many moments of imbalance that create this tension that really this feels like the peak of, almost like the peak of the series, um, where it's, it's really just set up to go into book three, right? Like this, all this conflict arises and very little of it is solved. Yeah, this is um, the messy middle, right? This is the mess, mm-hmm. right? In order to get through it's to the, the, it's the two towers. I love the two towers. I do, I do as well. I'm not. I think book two's great, and some would argue that it's the worst book out of the three. Yeah. Um, well, and I think they argue that because it's uncomfortable, right? There's, there's a, a lot of discomfort in season two that you gotta two. sit with. Yeah. Well, and and I think that's ultimately what makes the series so excellent. What pays off in the third season because of all the feels yeah. that you have afterwards and so you but here's the catch you have to go through the messy middle in order to experience the joy and love that happens in season three mm-hmm. and, the re, and the redemption that happens in season yeah three. you can't have zuko's redemption arc without this moment this moment right and so like let's dive in right there let's go straight to it so we we see the moment zuko chooses 
Yeah. We see it, and we see it on his face. And that, that crossroad, as the you know episode suggests, is is so intense. And it, it makes me think about the, the story of the two wolves. You remember that story? Whichever one you feed. Exactly. So uh, there's a story of, of uh, you know, these two wolves that are inside you. And, uh, you know, they talk about how... Which which one? Well, the boy's like which one survives, and it's whichever one you feed. And one is you know a, an angry wolf, and one Hate, of the nice fear yeah and anger. yeah, and the other one is you know joy, light, and all that jazz. But we've seen Zuko continuously feed his angrier side. We've seen him feed this uh, vengeance. His um, We've seen him feed this anger towards Azula, his anger in his situation. And because that wolf is stronger in this moment where he has to make a values-based decision, he's going to go with the one that's stronger, right? And in order for us to be able to make decisions well, we have to be able to – we have to have balance within ourselves, right? We have to be able to say, okay, in which moment is this going to serve me most, Right, because mm-hmm. there are times when experiencing anger is okay. Oh, absolutely. And there are times when experiencing sadness and grief and all the negative quote emotions. Right. Well, I think that's. Uh, I can't remember how long ago this was, or if it was a conversation with you or someone else. But the ability of saying that emotions by themselves are not negative or positive; they just are, and you have to experience them because those emotions are there for a reason. And what makes them negative is the context that people throw on those situations. Well, the, 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 I think the conversation you're alluding to is a lot of times we ask, uh, well, how are you doing today? And bad. people respond either good or bad, right? And what that inherently does is attach a judgment to what we're feeling rather than saying, hey, what are you feeling right now? Mm-hmm. Can, you, can you name what you're feeling right now? So, hey, hey what are you feeling right now? And I'm like, oh, that completely changes the game on how you answer that question. And so if it's one of those things where when we're – we feed our perception in that way, right? If, if we are continuously valuing how we feel, we're naturally going to assume that sadness, grief, anger are bad. Mm-hmm. But really, as you were, you're alluding to, they're, they're, they, are, they just are. They're things that we naturally experience because it's a reaction of our body uh, – responding to the stimulus that occurred Mm -hmm. and so if we can just acknowledge it as that that means it's a completely different world out there and anyway like zuko has been feeding this negative wolf for so long and it makes sense that that's the one that he chooses because he's been feeding it the longest well and in in moments where we're it, it is like integrity as Brene brown describes it i think we've talked about her um is you know choosing what is right over what is fun fast or easy correct choosing courage over comfort and i think zuko has been living in the darkness so long that it's become more comfortable than living in the light well i think what also doesn't help is how azula is feeding that wolf inside of him as well she's like actively feeding and it's like ira sitting there and being like you don't need this and like you we can do better and she's just like meat meat feed the wolf more she's intentionally using her words to just drive a wedge and oh i'll give you all of these things 
Yeah. You'll have all of this stuff, which I was saying, like, you don't need. This kind of goes back to, like, the earthly, uh, like... Letting go of attachment. Letting go of attachment, right? Because these are the... Th- he is attached to this feeling of, I need to feel love from my father. Yeah. I need to have my honor. This is where I'm supposed to be. As opposed to, if you were just cool with not having those things, how better your life would be and how easier you would be able to, to love yourself and to love others. But again, acknowledging that it's not that simple. It's and not. And you have to let go of the fear, You can't just the go guilt, through, you can't just shame. open your chakra and burp, right? Like, yeah. it's not that simple. That's right. There's no banana onion juice that's going to save you here. Correct. And so, he's just, and that's, it just makes it so hard and then you get that, what he, I think even makes it harder is you have that moment where Katara almost saves him. There's, oh, that moment's so real. Right, so, and, and we're happy she doesn't because if she would have used that water then, she wouldn't have had it to save Aang later. But if she had done it, would she have needed to? Correct. Like that's, you put a reasonable time on the front end, you might not need to take an unreasonable amount of time on the back exactly. end. Exactly. Um, and so if well, she had the chance to do that... But this, so they have this moment. They share. They bond over well, their lost also, mothers. It plays well. It's bef- if you go into before that because I think we have to. Last episode, Zuko wakes up from this fever, uh, and he wakes up in a new, right? And I think part of the our body keeps the score, right? That's a book. That's a book, right? Our body keeps the score, and the fact that Max, you got something to say about that? Do not do it. I know what you're gonna do. Mm-hmm. Don't do it. <laughs> Okay. I want to know what he was going to do. He was going to say, let the body hit this. (laughs) (laughs) He's right. (laughs) Anyway, there's a book. Body keeps the score. (laughs) We've had that moment on this We've already had the moment. (laughs) I I know, but I like it. It's a fun moment for me. (laughs) It's so so distracting. Anyway, I, I've been sidetracked. Um, well, then I might as well do it. <laughs> Let the bodies keep the score. Let the bodies keep the score. Let the bodies keep the score. Okay. The body just, keeps the score. So Zuka Katara. Zuka and Katara. Bodies keeping the score. Zuko, fever, wakes up happy, but the body, like, re- like he needed to have a bodily experience to bring him back correct right and so when he wakes up he's happy he's joyful even which is not something i would ever describe him as until this moment it's the first time you feel like he's genuinely like well it it seems happy with the world is this real does but then like you get the way he looks at iroh in this episode when iroh talks about like right hey look we just started we started from the bottom now we're here right like that's he has that moment and and he's just like i was attacking the city at one point and how cool is it now that i actually get to serve the king t and And he's so genuinely excited about that as a guy who's experienced so many things in life that's something that's going to bring him pure joy and then he gets robbed of that well and so that's my point and zuko looks on lovingly and like is all in it feels like in that moment well i would argue that he's his most vulnerable in this moment because he's letting he's acknowledging life and humanity and being he, himself he forebodes joy absolutely majority of the season and, um and i don't know if that's something we've mentioned before what the concept of foreboding joy is but that constant feeling of waiting for the other shoe to drop and so you're not able to experience the the joy in the moments that you're actually participating in in that moment 
because you're constantly waiting for, well, when is the bad thing going to happen? And we see Zuko do this as soon as he, like, oh. The, that date? The date is a great example. Mm-hmm. Like, um, when Azula's like, hey, you're going to be welcome home in the first season. And then it's, it turns out to be a trick. And we see, like, I don't trust it. And, like, he trust doesn't trust it for good reason. But it's, like, he didn't just. That's the second season. Was it second season? Yeah. Pirates. We don't introduce her till the very end of the first oh, season. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, moral of the story is he's vulnerable. Yeah. And then because he takes that moment and becomes, he gets hit here, it's going to be harder for him to bounce back next time. Um, and you're you're going to see him in season three be in the, in the grapple with all of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's it's a really tough moment. It's tough on so many levels. You feel like he let Iroh down, and we get moments next season where it is it is real tough well, when and, you and, see Iroh and Zuko's relationship. Well, and you see the balance here, right? And so the balance has been shifted, right? So it's, so, it's an imbalance at this point, precisely. Yeah. And, and the the visual for that is. They were in harmony before. They were working together. They were they were loving towards one another. And then this imbalance manifests as uh, Zuko looks at his uncle, and his uncle is unable to look him in the eye. Mm-hmm. He looks away. We've talked about those moments of trust when you're putting marbles in the jar. Oh yeah. And so the the story for this, we've probably said it before. You're constantly putting marbles in a jar, and they represent trust. The more marbles you have in the jar, the more trust there is. But you have to put them in at a rate that is faster than what they are falling out because there is a hole in the bottom of the jar. So you are trying to put marbles into the jar faster than they are coming out to build trust with individuals. What we see here is a moment where Zuko shatters the jar. Yeah. There's no more putting marbles in the jar after this because he broke the jar. Yeah. Um. And that is so hard to watch because you know that Iroh, when Iroh goes to ask Aang for help and ask Toph for help, I love this moment. You have Toph that knows Iroh as the stranger who helped her. It's the stranger that they fought Azula with. And she sees him here and goes, I know this guy. He's a good person. Aang has his perception. Sokka has his perceptions. But you get this moment where, where Iroh says, I know he's a good person. I know he can make the right decision, and we have to help him. So, and then he doesn't this make moment the right is, decision. This moment is pivotal, mm-hmm. and we've already talked about it for a while. But like this moment is the foundation for Zuko's redemption. Yes, it is the foundation, and I, I, I I'm going to say something a little controversial here. I think, but like when we think about betrayals, when we think about devastating events caused by individuals. Um, as the foundation, if we look at it through a lens of this is the foundation of their redemption, Mm -hmm. it really alters the the concept of, like, is this unredeemable? Mm -hmm. And so it's one of those things where, one, I am am really feeling compelled to question the concept of something being unredeemable. And that's big. That's like, that's really big. Yeah. But I, I, I've been doing a lot of reading and listening recently on this, like the, the idea, like, you know, specifically the concept of like resurrection. Right. And I, like, it's been Easter. There's a lot of biblical connotation to that, which give it or take it, take it or leave it. But also thinking about resurrection in the terms of like, 
if something is dead, it coming back to life. And there have been so many things that have been considered that way that you would never have imagined coming back to life. I heard a podcast by Nadia Boltz Weber uh, talking about how this man was a drug addict. He was so in the depths of his disease that he, um, he got a girl pregnant. He was so ashamed of that. He left her with nothing. Uh, and then, you know, 13 years later has gone through AA is making like coming back to like figuring it out. Um, he's no longer doing drug deals. He's like quote model citizen Mm -hmm. and he's still in AA. And one of the steps is, um, making amends. Yep. He calls her, makes amends. And she's like, I don't want to talk to you, Mm -hmm. but they have a child together. And so, he calls and just says, hey, I, like, I'm sorry. And then they start to say, okay, uh, I don't forgive you, but you can, you know, you can call me once a month to talk to me and talk to the, your daughter. And then it becomes once a week. And then it becomes often. And then they end up getting married because he's able to start building up that trust again mm-hmm. after so long, right? And so the the, the moral here is that, like, what's unredeemable and what do you like these things that we imagine as dead, right? That imagine as you're unred- dead to me, right? As you're, you're dead to me. This betrayal is too much. Uh, like then giving people the option to redeem themselves and giving people the chance. And that's dangerous. I, I, I see the danger in that. It's tough. I, and for me, I think of, I still think there are things I say, I, if you are in your right mind or not, even if you are relatively close to, there are some things that if you make a conscious decision to do it, I still very much think that are are unredeemable. Um, yeah. That I think I, I don't I don't know if there would ever be a forgiveness to that, or maybe a forgiveness, well, but definitely not a forget type of situation. Well, and, I don't think I think that's the difference. Right. Is I don't think she forgot his his Correct. past. Sure. I think that she forgave his past. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a really compelling difference because I don't think that we see Zuko. They don't forget Zuko's past. No. Right. They. It takes them a lot to move through that, but he takes the necessary steps to redeem that and to move through it. And we're not there yet. No. We're discussing things that aren't there. But, but there, like but there's a lack of balance, right? Like the, it is not a balance between correct. Zuko battling between shame, joy, grief, all these things. It is full on So so my one point, side of that. if I bring it back to balance, my point is that no matter how tilted the scale is, I wonder if there's there is always a way to bring it back. And I I that's I'll end there. I wonder and maybe, and maybe not. Um, I think that's tough because, again, I can. I think I can think of specific situations where it would be incredibly hard to find a redeemable arc for someone on some things. Not all things, but some things. Um, one of the other moments for balance for me through this is as the coup is going on, the balance of power shifting to the Dai Li and Azula as the generals get taken, as the king gets taken, um, this definite shift. And so what we're seeing again is this this lack of balance. It's not a balance of 
it's not a checks and balances system that keeps everyone uh, in check. It is this shift to one group of people controlling all of the power and how quickly that society falls because of that. Um, yeah. And that's, I think that, again, a lot of this episode is, is the lack of balance. And because that's creating the tension, exactly. that's creating the conflict, this, this shift into one person or one group controlling everything and what that does it acts as a detriment to um, the people who are in that community. So, well, we st- the the arc here is we see Sokka discover this method to get to the Fire Nation, and then we see the balance the the scale is starting to go in their favor, and then Azula figures it out, and we see the scale tip again towards the Fire Nation. Mm-hmm. So it's look it looks like we're we're climbing out, we're getting we're coming more and more balanced. There's more hope and, and slam then shut. It's taken yep. away, right? That weight is taken off the scale. Um, yeah, Azula is just a really good balancing act. Well, and we especially see especially Tylee with her. Tylee definitely is. But, but then we sh- again as we as we go and look, Avatar uh, Ang goes into the Avatar state, gets knocked out of it real quick. That's right. And and there's a there's a huge lack of balance now within him and everything that he kind of has to go through to get back to where he was. Um, and it will be a long journey for him. But again, we're at Can't the we're at it. the peak of watching this balancing act shift. We are not at the, we are not yet getting to the moments where, all right, how are we making this a more even keeled? We are in the in the midst of it. It is this might be our lowest point. In the middle right? of this it. is yep. like this is where the balance is at most at risk, right? Yeah. On a different note, I, I just thinking about Iro. Um, I think wisdom. Uh, there's a lot of wisdom in him, but one of the things he does to demonstrate that is by his willingness to go and seek out Aang and party for help. You mean the willingness of a master to, to seek to still ask for help yes, when he needs absolutely. it? Absolutely. Which I only again, I think that just only highlights what we were talking about, kind of last episode of this. If you are a master and if you have developed your awareness and you've done your studying you only see more opportunities for you to learn more and to get help from others even more yeah um because other people would have said i don't need i don't need a 12 year old's help well and and i think that his ability i just think he has the ability to see when things are out of balance and i think that's what wisdom is in a way is being able to notice what's out of balance and then doing what you need to do to restore balance um and thank goodness the avatar has all of his past or her past lives to figure that out and lean on. Well, there's a moment for me where we do get a little bit of balance. And it's that moment where Katara starts to help and, and empathize with Zuko after learning more about him, because she's, she's shifted into the power. You're the terrible, you're the wrong person. This is all your fault. I'm going to scream at you. How dare you learns more about him. We see that scale start to level out as she continues to learn about him and, and their similarities, yeah. right? People are hard to hate close up. And that's, we got to that moment and like people like it's, and then he gave her a reason to hate him. Right. Which is so tough because she's in this point where now she's willing to help him. Yeah. And the, the connection and love and belonging that could have brought to the table. The trust jar was broken for her too. Yep. In that moment, the moment that he like, cause she's got Azula. She's outbended Azula at this point. And the only reason Azula gets away is cause. Zuko intervenes. That's right. And then it's a battle between the two of them now. So it's tough. Tip the scale. Tips the scale. 
it's a lot of fighting in this episode, so it's not super content heavy, but we get those key moments. And I think the Katara Zuko one's a key one. I think Iroh asking for help is a, is a key one. Um, <laughs> talking about letting go of, of attachments, uh, May with the bear, when the Tylee gets earthbended and taken, and then May's just like, just take the bear. Oh, she's super good at letting <laughs> She go. does not care. Um, and that's just a simple moment that's, like, chuckle-worthy. But, like, Toph doesn't play, like, Toph and Sokka, they don't play major roles. Not in this episode. They just get captured. She does show them that she can metal bend, which is, like... Yeah. Y'all, this is a thing. And, I mean, massively in the canon of Avatar The Last Airbender and The Legend of Korra, like, metal bending is... becomes incredibly important in the future. Yep. Um, but... Yeah, other than that, lots of fighting in this episode, and the Avatar getting hit by lightning. Yeah. And that's where we end it. The kingdom has fallen, and Avatar, we don't know what's what's happened with the Avatar state at this point, because we saw the Avatar state fall away. Yeah. So we don't know, but we see a little glimpse of it come back. Yeah, when, that's true. When he, Katara he, heals him, but we don't know what that blips. looks like. So, next season big whole new set of lenses for us to dive into yep whole new series of things to to un- unpack yeah but before that we got to have our devotion and we gotta uh have our our next segment which y'all haven't named yet so we're ready to hear a really fun name but before we get to that before we take our break max you got anything you want to add not at this time all right we'll be right back and then we will go through our new segment and wrap it up with the devotion we'll see you in a bit back with our segment that y'all haven't named yet we want to hear from you what to call it we're doing a random line from the text and we're going to analyze it on four levels and it's all about avatar and how this one sentence is going to help us learn more about the avatar world and all about ourselves Mm. and it's just gonna be really cool so step one is what is happening on a literal level with the sentence and so i got to choose it this week and Hit so, me. So with I it, chose the sentence. this sentence. Not physically. I betrayed uncle. I betrayed uncle. Mm-hmm. You remember where this is? Not specifically. I assume he's talking to Azula. Yeah. So this is at the end, right? Mm-hmm. Right at the end where um, he's looking his uncle in the eye and says i betrayed uncle and she's like oh no you didn't he's the betrayer mm-hmm. and he's the trees in this one yeah, yeah yeah and then he looks him in the eye and look and ira looks away Oof. i betrayed uncle so what's that's what's literally happening we're in this moment at the end of the episode and zuko is realizing what he's just done mm-hmm Yeah. So we're looking at this through now the entire season or like series. Yeah. So, so step two is let's look at this sentence now. And what does this sentence remind you of throughout the entire series? I betrayed Uncle. It just makes me think of everything that Uncle Iroh has done from day one. And like, so, like, uh, just the buildup of positive things that yeah, he's been nonstop laying, laying teaching him Zuko. how to lightning bend, teaching him how to be a better person, talking to him about being caring and being patient and taking time and trusting others and the white Lotus and all this other stuff that's, that's happening. And I almost hear when he says I betrayed uncle, it's not just that moment, but he's betraying 
and all, of, all of those moments where he spent so much time and effort to to put forth love and compassion yeah well to it, Zuko. it reminds me of like the moments where zuko like walked away from uncle but uncle wasn't that wasn't crossing the line it was when he took the ostrich horse and said i need to go on my own the chocobo yeah or there's just there are several moments right where he 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 does that and um it just becomes harder and harder for him and then he does it in this moment and i i think what we see is immediate regret well it's it's a light of it's a little glimmer of hope because the moments that it reminds me of also is the moments where ang feels guilt over accidentally hurting Katara. Ooh, I like that. Over not being able to save Monkey Yatso. Over all of these moments. That's interesting. And, and we know we love Aang when he feels those things because it means that there's there's still caring. There's still empathy there. Well, we've also there's said still... how like humble Aang is mm-hmm. because he's so willing to admit his mistakes. Yep. And, and this so, is really the first time we've seen Zuko do like, that. see his own mistake. And it's self-awareness. We talk about this all the time. Yeah. It's like this is the moment where he becomes aware. And Azula's right there to like, no, no, no. You don't need to think about that. Yeah. I dislike her so much. Yep. She's such we'll a good villain. But I think that's what it reminds me. She's more. She's redeemable. Mm-hmm. Some would say no, but uh, I, well, and I, I don't. We get moments of that throughout the, the we, book, book we, three. We, book three, we start to see her humanity a little bit. Yeah, we also see her go off the deep end a little. Bit. That's also true. But there's also comics and stuff like that where I think that some of that humanity comes back as well. Yeah. Um, but let's bring it back to the sentence. So I betrayed uncle. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there anything else that reminds you of in this sentence or this, uh, this series really where you sense this betrayal and I'm not really into legend of Korra, but I like, there's just, there are a lot of betrayals that happen. Oh yeah. No, the, I mean, really the biggest push to me is the connection with Aang and when he feels guilt and how we've even talked about guilt being a, a pot, like there's no positive and negative emotions, but guilt yeah. guilt can be a tool that you really can learn from and can help shape you shape you in a positive way. Yeah. Um, and I think we're seeing that right here in that just like we've seen that shape angst, just like we've seen him feel those things and learn from those moments um and and navigating that emotion. So Yeah. Yeah. I feel like yeah, that's that's what's coming to mind right now. Mm-hmm. So I might be out. I might be tapped out. Cool. Yeah. So, so step three. Step three. So, step three to remind our listeners is what does this remind us of allegorically? So, in other uh, works of fiction, nonfiction, our lives, um, what does it remind you of? I'm gonna be real. It, like the first thing I thought it was a monkey's uncle, uh, and like uh, that's just the phrase, just because uncle it just makes me think of that. Mm-hmm. Um, uncles are typically like the I think of uncles in a lot of like shows and things like that where they're typically the funny uh comic relief character mm-hmm. um Uncle Jesse yeah in full house exactly the guy who mooched off his single brother who was taking care of three kids and he stayed rent free for in the attic yeah well being a nightclub owner and not you know contributing to the family at all yep 
Uncle. I didn't Max? love Full Heavy House. Uncle, Uncle references. Is that not Joey? Uncle Joey also lived in the house. I don't. Yeah, Jesse was the one that like lived in the attic and then forced his wife and kids to then also move into the attic with him. You have any Uncle references? Uh, don't you like say uncle when something, when somebody's beating oh, you up? Interesting. Interesting. I hadn't thought about that. It made me think not so much the uncle, but the, uh, the feeling of, I'm not upset. I'm just disappointed. Ooh, I hate that. Um, and I think that that's, Iro doesn't lash out, man. That like him turning on you, I think says it all. When someone who is so compassionate and caring and is willing to extend the most generous assumption so frequently is finally kind of says like that's enough yeah it's like uh and it just makes me think of those times where like you did something wrong and your parents are not mad they're just so disappointed that anger is not the emotion they feel it's well that reminds me of hitting rock bottom right like you can't you can't ascend until you've hit rock bottom according to alcohols and alcoholics anonymous uh and so like this this is rock bottom for zuko he betrayed the really the one person who's been the most loving and caring mm-hmm. towards him. And he's crossed the line. Mm-hmm. And he, like Iroh has set that boundary and he's saying, Nope, not doing it anymore. And that for Zuko, what we will see is is rock bottom. Yeah. Right? Ugh. Um But yeah, I, I think about the times in my life where I have betrayed the the people and sometimes it's knowingly not realizing how much of an impact it's going to make and i also think about like if i pause there like there are times when i've made decisions that have betrayed the trust of a friend that in the moment i knew and felt in my gut was going to do that but i didn't i don't think I, I knew how much it was going to make an impact. Sometimes you're in an argument with someone and you know you shouldn't say the, yes. the thing you're about to say, but yes. you, you want it to hurt in that moment for whatever yeah. reason, well, and, and we, you say it anyways. Well, and the people we love are the people we are most able to do that with. Because we know what's going to hurt the most. Exactly. Yeah, that's why the siblings relationship among siblings is so difficult. Like, Azula knows how to goad Zuko. Mm-hmm. She knows exactly what to say to push his buttons and my, being one of seven i have six siblings y'all siblings know exactly what to say yeah I, I'll, I'll tell a somewhat mortifying story um my my sister is one of the most incredible people um but when i was like 13 years old uh she was She's several years older than me. She was in college or either just out of college and working through life. And, uh, like there was some body image issues and, um, she woke up from a nap, came downstairs and started eating a snack. And what I said without really even thinking about it was she wakes up and the first thing she does is eats. And like, I immediately felt regret. And like, I was like, oh my God, I betrayed Alice. <laughs> uh, but like what happened there is like, I felt immediate remorse, but that doesn't stop the fact that I said it. It doesn't the fact, stop the fact that she started crying. It doesn't stop the fact that like there, it, it happened. And I am now aware and very aware of what's coming out of my mouth. And I haven't said anything like that since, but I, I did it mm-hmm. and I made that mistake. And I just, I, I know that people 
say things without meaning it or without like realizing what that will will accomplish mm-hmm. by saying it. I've had a, a, a very similar moment with a good friend of mine when we went to go eat ice cream and she's like, I'm going to get a large. And I was like, are you? Do you need that? And I was saying it as a joke, yeah. and, but it was not funny. And it was yeah. a moment that hurt. And it was a moment that she felt and one that she still vividly remembers. Yeah. Um, and I that sucks because that's not how I want that relationship to be remembered. Yeah. That's not... That is not the moment that I want. And I don't think that's the only memory she has. Like, we're good friends. But she still remembers it. Like, it's still... And that was almost 10 years ago. Yeah. So, I think it's hard. And and we say those things and we know what's going to push buttons. And I think that's what kind of reminds us of this. Because the people you love the most are... It makes that betrayal feel that much worse. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I think that's part of it, too. Okay, let's move on to step four now. Was that not step four? No. <laughs> oh, God, man. we haven't even gotten to step four. We got, uh, man. And if what it feels like is it feels like we're climbing down into the show uh, on a deeper and deeper level, which is what's really cool about this. But so uh, level four is, step four is what what is this text calling us to do? Uh, or if you were to teach a lesson on this, what would it be? And that's so tough because you can't just say like I'm not gonna betray people like that's you, that's not the that's that's yeah you don't want to do that and that's not a real tangible thing or helpful thing to kind of focus on. Um, I think for me it's it makes me feel called to not shatter the jar. It makes me feel called to really be self-aware about the actions that I'm choosing to do and the behaviors that I'm putting forward and really think about the the context of, of how they are used. We have a really, there's a really simple um, devotional piece that we use with kids around toothpaste and you have them squirt toothpaste out and then you try to get them to put it back into the tube and it's really elementary, right? It's really easy to say, like, you can't put it back in the tube. So just like your words, you say your words, you can't take them back. But how true that even really is outside of being an eight-year-old. Yeah. Like, how true that really is when you say certain things that are meant to gut someone, that it's done, that the jar is shattered, and there's no coming back from that. And I think that that's really tough. And it goes back to everything we learned we learned in kindergarten, and how it's just wonderful book. M- more complex forms of that. Share, treat people right, look both ways when you're crossing the street, put everything back where you found it, take care of other people, be caring, um, and you know, don't say things that are hurtful. And as adults, we we lose sight of that, and we say things that are hurtful that we can't take back that have been said that shatter the trust. And I think I just feel called to try to be as self-aware as possible as that. But that requires me to have an understanding of the moments that I have done that and say, how do I not do that again? Yeah. So f- for me, if I were to teach a lesson, if I were to deliver a sermon, if you will, on this, it would be on apologizing. Because I think... like I. I Going into this conversation, like we were, I was talking about how this is the foundation of Zuko's redemption arc. 
So if I go into this moment thinking this is the foundation of my redemption arc, then I can, I can see a way to repair it. I can see that there, I have hope that I can repair it. And so I can do the work to make amends. And over the, over the time, over time, I am very close with my sister and the people that I have betrayed in my life. Uh, not all of them, but the, the ones that I have invested time and energy into, I have repaired that relationship. And I don't think that if you are consistently betraying people, you are going to maintain relationship. But I do think that if you make a mistake, there is redemption to be had. And part of that work is apologizing and doing that in a way that is truly making amends and with, with reparations and not saying but and no all, all of the uh, essential things that make an apology real. Not begging for forgiveness, but acknowledging you did something wrong and making reparations. Oh, sometimes it's hard to. I, it is so, so tough to hear, like, I'm sorry you feel that way. Like, it's, it, which is such a... Because the reality is they do feel that way. And whether your actions were intending that or not, that was the result. Um, And so it's... There's that's a wonderful a book. One. I'm called... sorry you feel that, and and but yeah, you know, if you're interested in, if I were to deliver that uh, lesson, I would go reread "Why Don't You Apologize," which is by Harriet Lerner. Um, fabulous book on the elements of the apology, and it's really just an integral piece of growing up. <laughs> I think everyone should read it. But Harriet Lerner, uh, why why don't you apologize, or why won't you apologize? One of the two. Um, Really excellent. Highly recommend. Time for our devotion, right? Yeah. Cool. So balance through the theme of water. Right. I went first last time. Are you ready? Can you can you do this? Yeah. The, the moment that really strikes, strikes home for me in this is one thing I thought about that actually is, doesn't correlate with anything, but probably there's probably deeper meaning if I dove into it, is how hard it is to balance water. Like how hard, like uh, I had a mop bucket recently that's like fairly wide and I went to go pick it up and all the water shifted to one side and almost all fell out of the bucket and like how easily water moves from one place to another. That's not going anywhere. I just thought that that was a, an interesting thing of just how difficult it is to balance water and what does that mean? I don't know. But what I was thinking about in this episode is the moment that Katara uses her healing water to heal Aang and bring balance, a semblance of balance back to him. Not fully balanced, but helps that needle move a little bit for Aang um, as she restores his health. And I I always kind of feel water as this empathy and compassion and love and creating a place of belonging. And so I when I think of water in that terms, how do we do that to create healing spaces and to help bring balance of power back to people? to help bring balance of joy and, and dealing with the emotions that we've talked about. And so how does empathy and compassion and creating safe spaces do all that for others? And so I think for me, my week is going to focus on how do I use those attributes to heal and to, to help shift the needle back where it needs to be um, in places where there is an imbalance. I took it in idea of ph mm -hmm. so acidity mm, yeah. and base and neutral and um 
thinking about how like acids are lower and then bases are higher on the scale. And I, I, re I realize that we are, we function better when, when there is balance. Uh, so a lot of times we're eating, I'm, so I'm taking this in a literal way, I guess, but, um, eating a lot of acidic foods and, um, not eating any bases or alkaline things can harm our bodies and keeping my body in balance is just as important as keeping my mind and my spirit and my emotions in balance. Absolutely. And I, I, I want to focus on my body this week. Um, I want to put my body first and I want to eat some vegetables and make sure that in this quarantine season that I am focusing on not just eating what is available to me, but really uh, nourishing my body to create some, some balance there. It's something that we forget about. Yeah, I, how I, much yeah. that actually plays into the way that you feel. It does. Getting getting enough sleep, eating the right foods, the difference between the way you feel when you have fast food three days in a row versus fresh ingredients. Um, I've just been doing a lot of cooking, and the di I already I just I vastly feel a difference when I am yeah eating foods that I'm creating with fresh ingredients at home versus. Not that when I go to Taco Bell, right? Yeah, so absolutely. Um, but if you want to go to Taco Bell and Taco Bell wants to sponsor us, you know, we'll totally, <laughs> we'll totally sponsor. Max is all for it. He loves a good cheesy gordita crunch. I'm a fan of that one too. Yeah, it's fun. Um, but uh, but it really is, and we forget about getting enough sleep. We forget about yeah, and it's do. easy to then be like, you need to sleep eight hours, and I know that there's mental and other things that continue to affect people in a way that that's almost impossible. Um, but drinking water and eating the right foods and how big that can be is important. Huge. So, well, yeah. that's, 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 that's the season, season two. Yeah, we that's did season it. season two. Yeah. Um, and we've already started recording season three, but we've got a few requests of y'all. One. It's true. Keep sending us voicemails to thearchivy at gmail.com. We genuinely love hearing from you, and we love having you in those in our episodes. And we haven't we had, a, had a few in And a we while. had a bunch in the front end, front part of the season. We would love to have more for season three. For real, for real. Two, if you are interested in being on an episode of Ending Not Breaking, uh, we are potentially doing some new stuff next season where we're going to bring more people in to talk about areas that they have an expertise in. And so if you feel like there's something you have a really big expertise in that plays into potentially the lenses that we're utilizing, it could be possible we would love to have you on this show. And so um, reach out to us again at thearchivy.gmail.com and at least start that conversation. We would love to chat with you about it. Next, follow us on BNB underscore pod at, on Twitter and on Instagram. There's great extra content there, memes, artwork that we love, quotes from the show, all things that we love putting out there. So please follow us there. And then finally, if you feel so inclined and if you love the show, please tell your friends about it. Please follow us on Spotify and please rate and review on Apple iTunes. We would greatly appreciate it. Absolutely. Um, and we're going to try and do our best between seasons two and three. There's going to be a little bit of a break. Uh, yes. It's going to be a couple, like a week, a couple months, like more than a week, several weeks, but uh, potentially a month, potentially two. Um, we're just feeling it out and we're going to try and supplement that with some mini episodes uh, just to keep the, keep the itch from 
um, being scratch, keeping like to, to scratch, scratch the, the itch. itch. Yeah. Um, so just keep on the lookout. Don't uh, now that we're done. Don't just take a, a a trip away from your podcast feed. We're hoping to have season three at least started come the end of June, early July, and so. Uh, we'll continue to work on that on our end. N- we hope to do that. It could be longer. Um, but yeah, we'll definitely get some mini episodes going. And what a great time to just go back and listen to the old episodes as you are rewatching the series. Yeah. Again, again, again on, on again, Netflix. Right? So, um, but please tell your friends about it. Uh, and then we owe so much to Max Gongaware for, for real, for here. real. Um, he's been able to help us record these episodes and make us sound better and, and add some fun editing to it. And, um, we really appreciate the work that he's done and love him. So uh, a round of applause that he won't be able to hear because you're doing it in your own setting. But you better not be driving. Don't don't. Yeah, don't. If, unless you I, can pull over. Give Max a round of applause. Round of applause. Yeah. Yeah. And then you get back on the road. And if you're listening at like 1.25 speed, you can give him a quicker applause. Right. So you can do a 1.25 speed clap back for him. Um, Max, you're like a 1.5 podcast listener, aren't you? Yes. I, I'm like, a, I'm 1.3-ish. No, I listen to it at normal speed. Uh, I don't have that time. I think we sound better and quippier the faster we listen to us, so. Interesting. Yeah, it sounds like we're just, we don't have to think as long, you know? It sounds like responses are just right off the bat, so. Yeah. Season two in the books. Y'all, thank y'all so much for for listening. and Absolutely. We love doing the show. We're going to keep doing it. Yep. And... Feel free to check out my other podcast, The Vespers Project. There's still a lot of episodes coming out uh, currently uh, on that feed if you enjoy things like that. Yep, which is all, which is all centered around lenses, but not avatars, just around life, yeah, right? So those lenses life. around life, which is really cool. If you love movies, music, television, go listen to the Arc of E podcast by our host site, thearcofe.com. And especially if you like movies. Yeah, a lot of, of movie, movie stuff, stuff. A lot of movie stuff on there. So um, thank you all so much. I'm Sunshine Mayfield. I'm Ben Pruitt. And this has been Season 2 of Bending Not Breaking. We'll be back in the near future. Thank you all for listening. Bye-bye.